Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, your source for stuff and complaints. I'm your host, Caleb. And I'm a complainer, man. I am Dan. And we're here to complain to you about some things. Uh, how are you, friend? In a complaining mood. Uh, otherwise, I'm good. Uh, I'm tuned in right now. I finished my entire drink before uh, we even started recording, so there's that. Uh, I'm going to be Caleb on the the Christmas episode, the first Christmas episode, wherein Caleb got drunk and ruined Christmas. That's the name of the title. That's the name of the title. That is the title of the episode. It's episode 18? That sounds right. Yeah, 18. I believe you. You can't find that on uh, Apple Podcasts, because I set our limit to 100 episodes. But you can (laughs) find that on Podbean, our wonderful, wonderful host. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. I was about to ask. <laughs> like I said, oh, I'm man. tuned in. Leave me alone. I had my first week of the new job this week. I wish that I would have done more over the winter to keep myself in shape. <laughs> my knee hurts. Uh, I'm pretty stiff and sore. I like it, though. It's, it's oh, good work. Your knee hurts? Well, your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. My finger is hurt. <laughs> hey, you know that Mista Mista lady? I think I just killed her. That's uh that's something we say to to each other in my family. We uh we fuck around. And, that's fucking great. You know, anytime someone says, Oh my something hurts, it's like, oh, your something hurts. <laughs> your back's gonna hurt. I'm surprised you don't say welcome to landscaping duty. Yeah, right. Actually I I think I made a conscious effort this week to not say it. <laughs> I made a conscious effort this week to start saying it. <laughs> I, I welcomed Vanessa to a lot of places. And was she just week. like, I can't believe you're taking off of Dan. Don't do this. Why have you done this to me? <laughs> she was just like, why do you keep welcoming me to shit? <laughs> yeah. Her and Ashley can have a, our, our, our men keep welcoming us to things summit. <laughs> make it a fucking ted talk oh man yeah yeah the new job is going well though i i enjoy it the guy who's training me is pretty cool uh we get along but he says the word ironically a lot when Isn't he really means ironic? coincidentally don't you think it's like Brian. i'm purposely singing bad everybody i actually sing way better than that yeah, we believe you. Hey, I want to point out. You used to run karaoke, and we used to sing a lot of songs together. Do you remember this? I don't think you remember yeah. this. We would we would pick whatever five Fallout Boy songs we wanted to do. We would do and... a Backstreet Boy song. 
Yeah. Uh, we would do one Backstreet Boys or NSYNC song, yeah. and then we would round out the night with I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. Correct. It's a great song. Also within my range. That's was good times. That was the main reason I sang that song, because it was in my range. What I remember some more of the good times in a segment that we call Quick Hits. <laughs> so, did you watch anything extra this week, Dan? I, I did. That you uh, want to tell me about? I watched a bunch of, like, random-ass movies, and I don't want to talk about them, mainly because they're not, like, Netflix original stuff. Uh, something I did at work, I downloaded all of the Dave Chappelle comedy specials, and I listened to them at work. Because, you know, comedy specials, for the most part, aren't a visual medium. So you can just kind of, like, sit there, listen to them at work, and they they do about the same thing. And that's that's what was, that was, uh, what was up with Dave Chappelle. So, like, his first two that came out, like, when he first, quote-unquote, came back, are good. Like, they're very good comedy specials. I laughed a lot. But then we get to Dave Chappelle's newer comedy specials and they get to they get into that preachy comedy special range where it's not good. I don't like those. I think those are boring. When, you know, you're you're listening to someone just basically like talk at you for an hour and they're not funny. They're just kind of saying things and they're bringing up good points, but they're not being funny. And that's not the point of a comedy special. The co- point of a comedy special is to be funny, Amy Schumer. So, like, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know why you did this, Dave Chappelle. Just make, just make good comedy specials. That's all I wanted out of you. And then, the other thing I did, I watched The Open House. Now, this is regarded as one of the worst movies on Netflix. Uh, I and can't believe you've done this. I just wanted to know. I just, you know, it was one of those things like, fucking Dirty Harry, where the guy's like, yeah. I gots to know. I had to know. It It's like nothing happens, the movie. This could have been a short movie. Like It, it could have been like a 40 to 50 minute movie, and it would have done the exact same thing and probably actually have been better. Uh, like They they tease like that this guy has been staying, staying in this house for an entire week or like weeks on end or something like that. And you're just like, all right, just get the fucking murdering people. Like it, It's just a, a, a mother and a son in a house, and you're just like, come on. Let's go along here. I thought the last 20 minutes were great. I thought once the killer actually, you know, started killing and, like, assaulting people and doing stuff, I thought it was great. Not great. I thought it was good at that point. And I know, like, the big problem everyone has is, like, oh, uh, quick spoilers for uh, the open house, everybody. But uh, the the killer is never revealed. It's just It, it just turns out to be, like, a random person because they go from open house to open house and apparently just murder people. Which is how I interpreted the ending. And I know people are upset with that. Whatever. It makes sense. Uh, you know, not every killing has has a reason. Sometimes people just murder to murder. So, yeah. uh, I thought the ending was fine. But otherwise, it's a bad movie. It's a really bad movie. It's like a one. So, yeah. Uh, hard avoid the open <laughs> house. But, like I said, I just wanted to know. I I had to know how bad this movie actually was. Yeah, I watched that that kid movie, No Malone. Oh, n- why? That I said I was gonna watch because it looked cute. I, I don't know. I fucking I just do things sometimes. It's uh fine. 
Ashley's going to be very mad at you because that is not your catchphrase. I don't know. I I actually did enjoy it. It's just about a an awkward kid. Her mom keeps moving her around because she gets different jobs in different states and stuff. So, like, she never really makes any real friends. Like, she has to always give up her friends and go somewhere somewhere else. So, yeah. And they move into this old rundown house, and there's just garden gnomes in the house. Just like all over the place. Sure. And she finds a weird stone in the attic that is like green and glowing and decides to take it and makes it into a necklace and wears it to school. So, of course, the gnomes are alive. And, you know, to try to make friends, she gives the the necklace she made out of this stone to the cool popular girl at school who turns out to be a complete bitch because of course like if you've seen any sort of like young kid or teen movie uh whereas like the the awkward nerdy neighbor becomes a true friend mm-hmm. you know you know you've you've seen a movie i would assume but yeah the the gnomes are alive they're you best believe that they're wacky and the antics run hot and heavy in this one and the the stone that she took out of the attic was basically a, a magic crystal that kept the portal to like this monster world closed. So these monsters start portaling into her house and wrecking everything, and the gnomes are trying to fight them. And she has to try to get the stone back and save her house. That's basically like it's it's fairly simple plot wise because it's you know it's it's any kid movie but right uh the animation is good it's like i said it's cute it's um actually i had a pretty good time with it i'd say you know don't like don't go into it expecting the godfather or like citizen kane or whatever you know like it's I don't, it's priced as marked but i don't it's go fine. into any movie saying oh man citizen kane can't wait yeah you know, except for Citizen Kane. If you have kids or if you're a giant man-child like me, then, you know, you can enjoy yourself with this. Let me tell you. It's a fucking big leap up from the Emoji movie. That, I believe. Because, I mean, you can't do much worse than that movie. And, I don't know, the the popular girl, she has, like... It, it, they're basically like a mean girls club that all hang out together. But every time those characters show up on the screen, it plays that one song. It's like, they call me Belle. They call me Stacy. That's not my name. Oh, see, I thought they'd play. I'm just a girl doing, during a very impactful fight scene, (laughs) but that wouldn't make any sense and would actually detract a lot from that scene. It's almost like you read my mind or something. (laughs) It's almost like I saw the movie you're referring to. Anything else? Now, that's it. I I saw a few things got added that I'm going to try to catch up on. One of them, I, I think it's been on for a little bit, but uh, I'm going to start watching Sword Art Online. 
Oh, that's been on for forever. Because yeah, but they added what is it, Gun Hack Online? Oh yeah, or it's something? like season that's kind of like something. a different Gun Gale. Gun Gun Gale, yeah. So, yeah, that came across my recommendations, and I was like, oh, it looks neat. I should probably watch Sword Art Online before I get into this, though. I only watched the first 13 episodes or so, like, whenever he gets out of the, the simulation, I feel like that's a, that's an adequate series. I, I Okay. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy told me the same thing, like, hey, just basically just watch until he leaves the, the simulation, and everything's just fine. Yeah. I don't know. The uh, one thing that I really wanted to dig into is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, that did which get got added, added because, uh, yeah, because then I can understand all of the holy shit is that a motherfucking JoJo reference references in memes. Sure, if that's the reason to watch something, is to understand the memes. <laughs> you know what we haven't done yet? What's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Hey, you remember the other week when you were finishing your old half bottle of High Life? Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm having my beer from last week. Like a like an already opened beer? Yeah, it, it it's that one quart. Of uh, the Mississippi mud, oh! the the giant bottle, oh, and that's I... that. Caleb can't hang like he used to. <laughs> I want to like throw a, it a for quart you. of a beer. Yeah, a quart of beer is very filling, as it turns out, and uh, I can't quite pound him down like I used to. So we can't pound him down like we used to, but we still have our ways. One trick is to butt chug your beer. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. That's a Simpsons reference for those of you who don't know about the goddamn Strike Breakers. I needed a new heel for my shoe, so I decided to take the ferry to Morganville, which is what we called Shelbyville in those days. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Okay, good. Give me five bees for a quarter, good you'd Lord. say. Good lord, only Nick likes us right now. <laughs> Please. Alright, so uh, if everyone was wondering uh, why I'm... So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Okay. <laughs> you couldn't get a white onion because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big of yellow war. ones. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, now I'm thinking of Nick's bachelor party. And dipshit Dan buys an onion at the grocer's mart to tie to his belt. I want to point out. Because it was the style at the time. I want to point out. It was like a dollar fifty for a fucking stupid joke that would just run for an entire weekend. That's worth it. I've definitely spent more on stupider jokes. I remember I bought a Batman mask. For the river trip one time. Have I used it since? No, never. So, whatever. I bought my friend Ryan a game on Steam, which is called Shower With Your Dad Simulator 2019. But why, though? <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, well, uh, my my beverage is a gin and tonic, and it's the, the Gilby's gin. 
So the grocery store had uh, a deal for tonic water. It was five five uh, liters for four dollars. So of course Dan Dan took took part in this deal. So he he now has a shit ton of tonic water. So prepare for more gin weeks or even maybe a vodka week. Who knows? Cool. We'll uh, continue to report on this story as it develops. Speaking of developing stories, let's get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. So the uh, big news for the week is that Netflix has decided to cancel one day at a time. And this comes directly from Netflix themselves, and that includes a statement, a first, at least to me, uh, that Netflix has ever publicly commented on why a show has been canceled. With the exception of Everything Sucks, but like this is from their official Twitter account. And I'll read the statement. It is a very long statement, so just bear with me. And then we will discuss. We've made the very difficult decision to not renew one day at a time for a four season. The choice did not come easily. We spent several weeks trying to find a way to make another season work, but in the end, simply not enough people watched to justify another season. Thank you, Norman Lear, for bringing the series back to television. Thank you, Gloria Calderon-Calais and Mike Royce for always making us laugh and never shying away from bravely and beautifully tackling tough subject matter in a meaningful way. To Justina Machado, Todd Grinnell, Isabella Gomez, Marcel Ruiz, Stephen Toblowski, and Rita Moreno, thank you for inviting us into your family. You filled this show with so much heart and warmth and love, it truly felt like home. And to anyone who felt seen or represented, possibly for the first time, by one day at a time. Please don't take this as an indication your story is not important. The outpouring of love for the show is a firm reminder to us that we must continue finding ways to tell these stories. Pardon me, but that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So Caleb, I've been popping off about this all day. Basically, if, if, so if, if you've seen a tweet from the Netflix and Spool Twitter account, it's been me uh, popping off about this. So I want to hear what you have to say about this, and then I'll kind of crystallize thoughts on it. Mm, I'm just so fucking mad and disappointed. It's one thing to completely mishandle the show, but like then to turn around and fucking say that shit to the people who actually were fans of the show and imply that like, Oh, you guys weren't good enough at, you know, spreading word of mouth about the show or whatever. I don't know. Netflix does this. Like if they cancel something, they're, they're just like, Oh, there weren't enough viewers. Like it's never like, we don't know how to sell our products. (laughs) Uh, Dan is very upset by this, mainly because in in the first part of the statement, when they said, uh, but in the end, simply not enough people watched to justify another season. What that tells me is that they're blaming the end user, you, for not watching the show, despite the fact that many of you have probably never even heard of the show in the first place. And that isn't your fault. It's not your fault you haven't heard of a show. It's not your fault that we didn't talk about a show. It's not our fault we didn't talk about a show. It's Netflix's fault. Netflix has done a poor job of marketing their own shows to you, the end user, the customer. 
And now, because they did such a poor job, they can't come out and say, we did such a poor job at making you aware that these shows exist. You know, such things as The Get Down. As, and these are bad examples because I don't like these shows, but people did. Gypsy. Uh, Everything Sucks. Girl Boss. People like those shows, but not enough people watch them in order for the show to continue. And Netflix constantly puts that on you. But the fact is, Netflix hasn't done anything to make you want to watch those shows. Or, if you did watch those shows, you you thought, oh, these weren't of good quality. In which case, good for you. You watched the show. You did what you were supposed to do. And it was up to the show, and the show was ultimately not good enough, at least to your standards, and you stopped watching. I don't understand why Netflix felt like they could come out and say to their customers, you didn't do enough. As a business, you never do that. Ever. You never tell a customer, hey, you didn't do what was required of you in order to make us successful. That's not how this works. So, sorry, Subway's shutting down. You guys just didn't buy enough sandwiches. I, I get it. When it's difficult to tell what's profitable and what's not. You know, Netflix doesn't release numbers, so it's hard to tell how many viewers one day at a time really got. But that show could not have been expensive. They're not asking for Big Bang money, where every character wants, every actor wants a million dollars per episode. Yeah. Well, me and Vanessa were talking about this, too. There's four sets. Like, there's other little sets that they use here and there, but, like, the main set is their apartment. There's the laundry room. There's Schneider's apartment. And there's the doctor's office. Almost every single episode, every shot is in one of those four places. How much money does it take to design this show? Like, like you have fixed camera angles, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so quite honestly, I don't understand what, who, how many more people needed to watch this show. I, my estimate was about 2 million people needed to watch this show. Uh, being that an average subscription price is around $12 now. That seemed like a solid number. You know, that's about $24 million to run run this show for a season. And I think that's about right. I could be off, you know, it could be two and a half million, you could need three. Regardless. I don't think this show is expensive enough to where you can say, oh, it needs like 10 million viewers, like a Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things pulls in bonkers numbers. And you have those Stranger Things in order to balloon up these littler projects that don't cost anything and have a smaller fan yeah. base in order to bring keep bringing it to that fan base. Well, that's like Joel McHale, like the Joel McHale show. There's no way that they're, that that show costs anything because he pulls up fucking videos from other shows and stands in front of people and talks about them. You're just paying Joel McHale. Yeah. Like, it's just like one day at a time. You had the sets built. You're paying the characters. You're paying the actors. Rita Moreno probably had the highest price tag of anybody. And that's just because she's a name. And she's only kind of a name. No offense to Rita Moreno. So, like, I don't see how salary was anything more than, like, maybe a million dollars an episode. Like, no one was getting super famous off this show. Sorry. Like, it's a good show, but I I don't feel like anybody, you know, we all like it. I like all the characters. But, like, no one's one's becoming an A-list superstar off of this show. Sorry, it's just not happening. So... To prove my point 
on why Netflix sucks at marketing. Because you've probably never seen this show in new releases. You've probably never seen a banner ad for this. So today is March 15th. We're recording a little bit early. Two shows released today. Two two shows released new episodes today. Arrested Development Season 5 and Queer Eye Season 3. So, I went into my list because I have both of those shows in my list. And I, I scrolled until I found where they popped up on my list. Arrested Development Season 5, Arrested Development I should say in general, was 33rd in my list. It was the 33rd option in my list to watch. Queer Eye is even worse. Queer Eye was in the 44th position. On release day of new episodes, they weren't in the new releases category, unlike Triple Frontier, which actually is one of the few times that Net- I've actually been surprised that Netflix actually marketed a-, a thing of theirs because it was a banner ad. It popped up first in my list. It was under new releases. They did everything they needed to do in order to promote Triple Frontier. Why can't they do that for Arrested Development? Why can't they do that for Queer Eye? Why couldn't they have done that for one day at a time? Because if you do that, you actually get some eyeballs on it. Maybe someone says, okay, I'll give this a look. Netflix, blaming your customers for your incompetence is ridiculous. It's absolutely ludicrous. And I can't believe you did this. And I don't mean that in the joking way like, oh, I can't believe you've done this. In the way that we normally say it. I legitimately cannot believe someone looked over that statement and said, it is okay to blame our customers for their failure, for our failure, to market this show to them. It's absolutely ludicrous. And the fact that the CMO, the chief marketing officer, is leaving, and this is probably his big middle finger statement to all of you, to all the customers, to all the end users of Netflix, is ridiculous. And I'm quite happy that he is leaving. Because if that's the message he has to people who pay money in order to get the best content served to them, I don't want him around. I think he is poison. And I really hope this this search for a new chief marketing officer ends rather quickly. Because we don't need some kind of toxic piece of garbage telling us that our opinion doesn't matter and that we are the reason a show gets canceled. Well, I said this earlier, but the problem just runs so deep with this company, like their entire sales and marketing division needs to be sacked pretty much. And the entire interface and algorithm needs to be rewritten so that people can actually find shit. So I can find anything to fucking watch. The only things that pop up for me every single time I open Netflix, there's a a banner ad that automatically starts playing a video. That's never relevant to something that I want to watch. And then the top row is friends, the office and parks and recreation. And this is the other thing that I'm pissed off about because Netflix has been on this push for the last two years or whatever. We need to invest in our own content. We need to be independent as a network and you know, we need to separate our success from having to rely on outside companies that produce content. And then they cancel all of their original shows so that they can afford to keep friends on for another year. And it's the unfortunate consequence of this, but I remember seeing a graph that was basically how many users actually watch, you know, uh, what, what, what do users actually watch friends, parks and rec, the office and, and stuff like that licensed content 
was all the top stuff. Right. And and I mean, it will be because some people just are stuck in the past, I guess. I mean, look at fucking voter polls and you'll know that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I don't fucking know, man. It just it doesn't seem like they want to back their own shit. They just do like these weird little products. They they don't promote them at all. Mm-hmm. And like some of them will go viral or whatever. And you know, they'll be like, "Oh, look at what a good job we did." And some of them will just die on the vine and they're just like, "Oh, you you guys fucked us by making us make this show that you didn't watch." I I don't know. I don't fucking know. I mean, look at Bird Box. (laughs) Bird Box was not highly promoted by Netflix at all. In fact, like, I only saw things about Bird Box that were due to memes. Like, memes are the reason that movie became even as mildly successful as it did. Otherwise, Netflix didn't do a damn thing in order to promote that movie. They didn't do anything. It, it, It got the exact same treatment as every other every other single product on Netflix, with the exception of Stranger Things and House of Cards, like they're they're quote unquote big programs that that actually you know brought them viewers, and as opposed to trying to bring other things up to that level, they said, oh, we can't bring anything else up to this level because we won't market it, so let's just continue to shove that other stuff down their throat, and then as everything starts to leave, such as House of Cards ending. Uh, Stranger Things has two more seasons in it. Uh, Orange is the New Black is ending. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is done. Who knows how much longer Bojack Horseman has. Like, you you need to start bringing up that second wave of content, and they're not doing that. You know, the, the best comparison I can make to this is WWE. See, WWE, for a long time, used to rely on just John Cena. And now John Cena is becoming a Hollywood actor. And so he's off doing his own thing. Well, the product has suffered because they built up John Cena to be this end-all, be-all. And now that he's phasing (laughs) out, you have a bunch of guys who are just like, okay, yeah, I'm here and I do stuff, but none of you actually, like, really like me. Like, the general audience doesn't really like me. I don't know. I mean, they they could still say that Cena's wrestling and that, you know, like promote him as being their star. And then he did. It's not like anybody can see him anyway. It's true. But like it <laughs> was a long walk for a short trip. But it's the same thing. It's like your older shows are dying out. It's time to start promoting new stuff. And, you know, if if you don't have anything new to promote, if you just continue to cancel things over and over again because you're not promoting them well enough, well, I mean, what's the problem here? It's you. It's not the viewers. It's the fact that you can't promote things properly. Anytime we go to review something on the show, uh, like that week, like that weekend, if something comes out, it's not at the top of my list. It's not in a panorama. It's not in new releases. It's nowhere. I have to go search for it. That's ridiculous. You know, people, people most often will just like, okay, The Office is here. I'll go watch that. 
And that's that's because it's right there. It's everywhere for them. It's in their list. It's in their recently played. It's yeah. it, like whatever algorithm you have needs reworked. And the fact that no one at Netflix sees that as a problem is ridiculous to me. Man, this is going to be a long news segment. It's fine. We're just ranting about this. It's, it's just whatever. <laughs> no, it's. I want to talk about this. I mean, it's a problem. I mean, I jo- I half-jokingly said it last week. I could do a better marketing job than Netflix could. I feel like the fact that this show exists, we are doing more marketing for Netflix than Netflix is. And to go back to screeners, which we talked about last week and kind of came up again in my Twitter rants, the fact that we don't get screeners in the first place is ridiculous to me. Like, I, I, was-, I was okay with it the first year. Like, okay, we're not that big of a show. We we go out to a lot of people. A lot of people come to us and listen to our opinions and say, okay, they like that. I will watch this. Or in, in Hendo's case, he'll read my review of IO and be like, oh, yes, I would like to suffer through this movie. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people post about this show on Reddit, which really shocked the hell out of me. That's bizarre. Yeah, it, it was surreal. So, I want to talk to you guys real quick because of my quote-unquote business acumen. Uh, I I suck at marketing, but I understand this. I understand market saturation. There hits a point where you start hitting diminishing returns in in terms of gaining new users. And Netflix is hitting that in a lot of its markets. Actually, the best way for Netflix to gain new users is to move into new markets. So, when you hit that kind of market saturation... The best way to market is to market to your existing customers and give them reasons to stay on your platform. And that's not through The Office. That's not through Parks and Rec. That's not through Friends. That is through their own original content. And the fact that they don't promote their own original content, that they don't help their own original content succeed, is the reason why Netflix will fail. And I mean that. They will fail if they do not change their marketing strategy entirely. Yeah. Any any time I open up Hulu, it immediately drops me on a page that's Hulu Originals. And I've never watched any of them because Hulu Originals are terrible, but it's there. I'm aware of them. I tried to watch an episode of The Mindy Project because I think that Mindy Kaling is super cute. Yes. But then I watched it and I was like, so she's just trying to be her most annoying self in this, huh? <clears throat> and I think... I think what it really comes down to is that the success of this show depends entirely on Netflix. Like if net if subscribers just leave Netflix wholesale and go to a different platform, we're fucked. Like the the show in its current format is fucked. We can go off and do literally anything else. Like we can go off and make this show into into fucking anything. But it won't be about Netflix and it'll be Netflix's fault. <laughs> fucking anything was my dating strategy in college. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> so I don't know Netflix we're at we're at a point with Netflix where they need to significantly change how they market their programs and it needs to be towards their current users so they stay because Disney streaming service is coming and it will actually hurt their business somewhat I don't know how much but if they're putting every single Disney animated movie on that streaming service, 
people are gonna go to that in droves and you know there are gonna be people that won't be able to afford netflix or multiple streaming services so they'll probably stick with disney because they like what disney has it's time for netflix to buckle down and finally say our shows are fucking worth something we need to do something with them let's make them as successful as possible and that's that's another thing too I also subscribe to to HBO's streaming service, which is significantly more expensive than Netflix, and I watch it significantly less. But, like, there's still value to that because they consistently hit a, a quality mark and they promote the shows that are big on there so that I am aware of them and want to watch them when new episodes come out. And that's the thing, like, we're steeped in Netflix. I can't explain the value of being a Netflix subscriber to somebody at this point. (laughs) Yeah, because we just, like, we are in that 1% of Netflix super users that watch a ridiculous amount of content on Netflix every single week. Like, there are months where we watch in, in the range of, like, 60 hours worth of Netflix content. You know, so most Dear people God. are just turning it on like every now and then to just watch like whatever, just like whatever pops up. And we're there to be like, hey, look, we're here to help guide you into what to watch. Like these are the these are the things you should watch because Netflix refuses to do it. We are Netflix's marketing arm and we get nothing from them. Nothing. We're not paid by them. I, 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 like we're, we aren't given we aren't given given screeners. We're not even given the opportunity to actually help them promote more more positively. Instead, we have to fight an uphill battle in order to say, hey, these these shows are actually worth a damn. Watch them. To me, it's ridiculous. You know? And, and I've, I've basically given up the screener fight. Because it's not even worth continuing to scream into a void about. They're, they don't want to help themselves. You know, uh... Not that th- this isn't meant to throw shade at them, but shake and not nerd. They're a podcast, and they have this this show called Shaken Not Noob, where they they talk about gaming news. Well, they get review codes for video games. I <laughs> wouldn't exactly call Shaken Not Nerd a, a gigantic success, but they're an influencer. I listen to their show every week. I listen to Shaken Not Noob every week, and you know, hearing their opinions about games on time is important. And it helps me develop my opinions on whether I should get a game or not. We're in the same boat as them. And we don't get jack fucking shit from Netflix in order to help them. To me, you know, if it wasn't the fact that this is our brand, I would have given up on Netflix long ago. Not long ago. I probably would have given up on Netflix about last year. Full honesty. Because they don't want to help us. They don't want to help us help them, and they don't want to help themselves. Yeah. I don't know what to say about them anymore. I'm willing to still watch these these shows and these movies and these programs. Give my honest opinion on them. And still say the Netflix sucks. Because they do. <laughs> they suck as a service. <laughs> they, they, they suck because they're going to blame everybody else but themselves for their shortcomings. And that's not fair to anybody. Well, have you... I don't know. Have you ever watched Kitchen Nightmares? No. That show is very interesting because 
the businesses that always struggled the most, like the owners actively blamed their customers for not liking their food. It's not that they were doing something wrong. You know, it's not like the, that the place was dirty or their food was subpar or, you know, they made some stupid business decision. It was these people don't appreciate us. And, you know, they don't see the good that I'm doing here. And that kind of attitude is toxic. That kills your customer base. No, nobody likes being talked down to. Exactly. If you don't show your customers that you care about them, why should they care about you? It's that simple. Yeah, and at this point, I don't. I think that's it. I, I think that's. I think we've talked this to death. I mean, we've we've given our thoughts on why Netflix is a piece of shit company at this point. We've given our thoughts on why they will most likely kill this show and themselves. I don't want to say they'll kill this show. I think I think we'll be able to tell whenever Netflix is is, is completely dying off and then just kind of jump and do something else. You know, because I think we're smarter than Netflix at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I th- there's not much else to say. I, it, it's just... You know, last week I, I said, here are the five things that Netflix could do in order to make sure that, you know, they're getting the most out of, like, the, you, the end user, is getting the most out of their product. And then I reiterated it again on Twitter, and people were like, yes, this, yes, someone listened to this guy, yes, he knows what he's talking about. And not to blow myself, but, like, to me that felt obvious. And maybe it's because I'm coming at it from an outside view. And maybe that's yeah. what some that's what Netflix needs is someone to come in from the outside and say, "Hey, this isn't what you're doing wrong. This is what needs to happen. You need to sp- start doing this." It just seems like their their culture is like they're just so dead set on destroying themselves. Because there was that news story a couple months ago about you know the employees were coming out saying what a shitty place to work at it is, and like how bad they treat their employees. You know, if if that's how they treat themselves, like, why would, I don't know, why would they care about the actual production staff and everything? Yeah. So, I don't know, anything else you want to say before we hop out of this? I mean, this was, this was the only news story of note this week. I don't know, I, I really liked my tweet in reference to it, where, uh... <laughs> I tweeted the picture of John Bernthal all covered in blood, giving the thumbs up. And I said my face whenever my uh, Netflix fucks up every little thing that they do. But my success as a critic depends on their success as a network. And yeah, yeah, it really. All right, Caleb, now that we've thoroughly destroyed Netflix, why don't we talk about some new programs that are coming to it in a segment called Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Oh, man, we should rebrand this segment as things that are about to get canceled. (laughs) All right, welcome to things that are about to get canceled. What? Canceled soon. Whatever. We'll we'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a name. (laughs) baby i can't control netflix's marketing division that's my favorite line (laughs) our first trailer is for uh an indian netflix original series uh 
called Delhi Crime. So this is like a detective hard-boiled uh, on the streets of the the mean streets of uh, I guess specifically New Delhi. Yes, this is uh, set in India. This is not about like a New York Delhi that is uh, having crimes performed in it. What'd you think? Because this is based off a true story. Oh, really? Yeah. It looks exciting. That is interesting that it's based on a true story, because I didn't really pick that up from the trailer. Oh, don't worry. I read that in the synopsis. (laughs) Because it it just looks like kind of a detective hard-boiled cop drama type show. Yeah. It's it's based on the 2012... uh, This is going to get butchered near Biaha case. Hmm, okay. No, wait, Nirbiaha. Wait, no. Hold on. Nirbiaha. There we go. Don't don't hurt yourself over no, there. No, it's just I I I flip syllables for some reason. Like the 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 y became came before the h and that's just wrong. It was just wrong. But it looks interesting. It's a it's a series and uh you know, I I don't Remember, I don't think you watched Sacred Games. I do, I know I did not watch Sacred Games, even though I think at the time both of us went, man, this looks like a really fucking cool show. <laughs> so, I'm not going to promise that we're going to watch this, because knowing us, we probably won't, because there's too much stuff to watch. But Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I, I started watching the first episode of Sacred, Grant, Sacred Games, and it was very good. But then I started fucking with my phone, so I wasn't reading the subtitles, and I looked up like 15 minutes later, and I was like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> Understandable. But yeah, uh, if you like crime dramas, uh, especially ones that are based on a true story, here's the show for you. Next up is a show that probably will never get canceled because it's about a white upper cl- upper middle class family. The Santa Clarita Diet Season 3. This show is infinitely more expensive than One Day at a Time because it stars Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. And I don't understand how this show is still running, quite honestly, because I never hear yeah. anybody talk about this show. I've never heard anybody talk about it. And like, I liked the first season, but after it ended, I was like, yeah, it was fine. And I don't want any more of this. I'm sated. Yeah. I I didn't feel compelled to go back to it. So like, I understand if you like the show, fine, cool. But like, I don't understand how it's gone on for three seasons. I really don't. Cause like, I, I don't know how I, no one talks about this show. So like, is it just like people who, is there like an inverse relationship to how Netflix shows work? Like, uh, if if people watch it a lot, they don't talk about the show, and if people watch, if not enough people watch it, everyone talks about the show. It's like, is that how this works? Because if so, I'll shut up about the Get Down for forever if you guys just fucking watch it. Is that how that works? <laughs> Nobody knows how it works. Uh, it looks like more of the same. That's. Judging it off off its own merits, it looks like the same show. Yeah, nobody knows how it works because Netflix is about as transparent as a foot of concrete. And the one time they do get transparent, 
They say everything incorrectly. They they, they directly insult their customers. Yes. So maybe, I'm so fucking mad. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they don't talk to us. They're just like, oh, we'll just insult you because we don't know how to speak yeah. to people. Or maybe they listen to the show and they they hear how hard we dunk on they, them they for don't. their poor there, there social skills. No way. There is no way they <laughs> listen to this show. We don't exist yeah. to them. Well, it's okay because we don't listen to their stupid podcast. I did. I did for a while, and then, <laughs> but but then like no one would talk about how bad the app is, like how how bad any of the clients are. So I'm just like, clearly none of you know what you're talking about. Like you, you guys just think this is fine, and I can tell you it's not. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, our next trailer is for The Disappearance of Madeline McCann, or yet another true crime drama series. Yeah, this is... Like, I actually think I remember hearing about this on the news, like, which is surprising for me because I'm generally unaware of things that actually happen in the world yes. because I intentionally isolate myself as a stress management mechanism but uh this is like one of the most well-known missing persons cases and it's about a girl who got abducted from a resort in where did it say uh portugal yeah yeah see it was uh, a british family Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so, yeah, if you're into true crime documentaries, check it out, because it is one. And then uh, our final trailer is for The Legend of Cocaine Island. The Legend of Michael Cain Island. Uh, the guy in this trailer is now my new favorite human. Makes sense. <laughs> it just... This looks fucking hilarious. It's so it's based off a of true it's based off true events, but it's also like a, a dramatized version of it, which is weird. I don't know I don't necessarily like those when it does that. Like I know I just said about like Delhi Crime, like that one is, you know, based off true events and is dramatized, but like yeah. this is like an over the top kind of style. And it's more of a documentary than it is like you know, based on true events. It's more like here's uh here's someone's interpretation of, of the story that was directly involved, and now we're just gonna kinda have other people act it out and there'll be like dramatic elements and stuff. I wonder how closely a thing has to mirror an actual event for you to be able to say based on true events. Cause when you think about it most things that you can make up in your brain, something real similar has probably happened at some point. Yeah. Very true. This week's episode of Thoughts and Players is based on true events. I believe it. All right, and this obnoxiously long uh, first segment of the Netflix and Swill podcast is officially over. And with that, we're going to cut into a quick promo break for another podcast. And when we come back from that, we're going to... Talk about our main review topic for the week, Triple Frontier. 
Do you piss green after you've eaten vitamins? We certainly do, and therefore you should listen to the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Even if you don't piss green, this is something I think you guys will like if you like TV and you like movies. We count down lists associated with both, as well as offer the occasional review and a number of segments that are random in nature for your enjoyment. Check out the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews on iTunes, Podomatic, or your favourite podcast app. And welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to talk about... The new Netflix original movie that they actually properly marketed for once, Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier is the new Netflix original movie directed by J.C. Chandor, and it stars Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Oscar Isaac, and some people. So give me a hot take. Underwhelming. I didn't hate it. It uh, it, it's one of those that wasn't really what I thought it was going to be, because, like, based on the trailer, I thought it was going to be sort of like a, a high adrenaline chase film, where they're trying to get away from these cartel guys after, you know, killing the boss and taking all of his money and stuff. Really, what it ended up being is. Uh, just a group of guys arguing with each other and trying to figure out how to carry heavy bags. Uh, the first 40 minutes or so is basically them hemming and hawing over whether they're going to do the mission in the first place. So 40 minutes is significant because that's, that's a good third of your movie <laughs> pretty much. Like it's, it's two hours. Like the song choices that they made in it like they're all songs that i like but they didn't really fit the scenes that they're used in like they kind of felt like they just got cut in last minute and not that like the music was planned to be a part of the scene or whatever the like there were serious lighting issues i couldn't tell what was happening in a lot of the movie ben affleck's character does a complete heel turn for no reason so, like, during the first part of the movie, he's sort of the moral center of the group. And then as soon as it's like, hey, we're going to get a lot of money, he just, like, that's all he cares about. Like, to the point of putting his and his friends' lives at risk. I don't know. Overall, it's fine. Like, it, it's passable. But I... Like, it's not, like, something you need to run out and watch. I disagree about Ben Affleck's character. I thought that made sense to a degree. Uh, I've seen that people don't like that basically every character makes every idiotic idiotic decision ever as soon as the heist begins. Well, there were there were two that are like the chief offenders. And and I know... (laughs) And I'll get into that. Yeah, and I know what they are, but, like... They had an asinine amount of money. It was like ridiculous amounts of money that couldn't even be fathomed. Like based off the information they knew, they were only going to get about 70, I say only, only about $75 million to mm-hmm. which when they go through with the heist, it, they get significantly more money than that. So like from that, un, from that, I can understand like, oh, this is like the, the real problem with the movie is that everything is so easy. Everything about them being military men is so easy. The whole heist is easy. And that's where the that's why whenever, you know, they start rob taking all the money, 
it's like this is so easy we can just keep taking more and more because it's it's just too easy and i think that was the real problem is that like they were too good at being you know very good fighters that no one really stood a chance against them except for one specific part of the movie where someone actually stands a chance against them just by pure dumb luck well that's the thing like the the enemies that they expect were never after them and then like they make an enemy along the way that just ends up kind of getting the drop on them at one point and yeah i really i really didn't like the the shift in ben affleck's goals throughout the movie like it it really to me just didn't feel like it was earned oh no it did to me because you know he's uh he sells condos like he sells he sells real estate and no one buys anything from him. like he, he makes no money so yeah. like yeah when he gets when he's first thinking about it yeah it, you know oh 17 grand like that's okay yeah sure that's some money and I'll do that. But then once you see this just ludicrous amount of money, the ideas start popping off in his head like, I can do so much with this money. You know? Well, I- yeah, and that's that's literally the only thing. Like, he sees it, and then, like, the money is everything to him at that point. Like, I get it. I I don't know. I don't know. It, like, the whole way through up to that point, it just felt like the the guy who planned all this was goading everybody else on. And like, after that point, it was like Ben Affleck is the, the one goading everybody on. I don't know. And it's like, there's, there's three other guys here. Like is one of them going to assert themselves or uh, I don't know. Well, and I think it's because he was, he was their captain in the army. So they just kind of deferred to him. Yeah, though, that's, I mean, that's fair. Even though, like, obviously, you're screaming at the TV, hey, stop taking so much fucking money. Like, you have enough. You're good. You don't need this much. Like, why are you doing this? And, and ultimately, that is their downfall, is the fact that they just take so much money. Well, yeah, to the point that, like, the helicopter can't lift it. And, you know... I really didn't talk about my thoughts. I was just basically saying, like, hey, I don't I don't agree with you about, like, the, the whole character motivation. I felt like the character motivation made sense. But, like, to me, you're right. This is boring. This is, a, this is kind of a boring movie for what was originally supposed to be an action heist movie. Yeah, there's, like, maybe four action sequences in it. And they're all pretty protracted. And, like, just, I don't know. They're They're over in a few moments and well and that goes back to what i was saying they're too efficient they're too good and and that's the thing it's like it feels like there is no stakes in this movie whatsoever because they are too good well yeah that's the thing like at that point like i kind of realized that it was going to be sort of a heist movie but then there was no risk to them pulling the heist so then i was like oh it's gonna be an escape movie and then like they kind of just get away with it and then, like, I kind of realized what was really happening, which is like, okay, they have all this fucking money now, and now the money is causing them problems, and they're going to continue through, like, this scenario that they've fucked themselves into, and, like, they're going to lose all the money a little bit at a time or whatever, but... 
Uh, I think my big problem with this movie is that it tries to say something about, you know, how the army treats its, how the army treats its soldiers. You know, they mention many yeah. times like for hey, like a minute. Hey, you, uh, you, you did things for the army and you didn't get paid for them. Well, here's your chance to get paid for it. And I'm just like, okay, cool. You're saying things, but like, you're not really going past that. And like every time Charlie Hunnam's character keeps trying to bring it back up, everyone's just like, yup, yup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like watching fucking King of the Hill, and they're just chilling in the in the goddamn alley. Like that's basically what it felt like anytime he tried to bring it up. And it's like, okay, you're clearly you clearly want to say something, but I don't understand why you aren't going into what you want to say. Like that was the most frustrating part to me. Was like, okay, cool, I get you. You want to be about something, but you're not going far enough, and I don't understand why you're not going far enough. The other thing is like, I thought this was well acted. I thought everyone. Portrayed their characters extremely well. I really liked how it was shot. I thought it was a very beautiful movie to look at. Uh, I thought the action, like, I don't, I don't really like see. Yeah, your when I, whenever there's establishing shots and they're sufficiently lit, like this movie's nice to look at. See, I never really had issues with the lighting. I, it just didn't occur to me that that was an issue. I don't know during the whole heist scene when they're inside. And it's, like, overcast and raining outside. Like, it just kind of made everything look washed out. And then uh, there were a couple, like, when they were setting up camps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they'd be in the jungle. And it'd be, you know, nightfall. And they have no campfire or anything. And I understand, uh, you know, you don't typically see well at night in those situations. But... Like I can suspend my belief a little bit for for you to light the actors' faces. <laughs> I um I don't know I I didn't have I didn't have too much of a problem. Also the like I I mean the final positive I have is like this felt authentic. Like this felt like you know this actually could happen. Like like you, you hear about those Reddit stories where someone's like, yeah, I was playing a military shooter with guys who were actually in the army and they were doing all these call outs and shit. And you know, that that's how that felt was like, okay, I'm watching a bunch of like ex military guys play call of duty basically. And they're just smashing people because of how ridiculous they are. Yeah. It turns out that a working knowledge of tactics translates into other things. But... Who, who would have guessed it? <laughs> no, like this does feel like a real story and it's like, it's definitely gritty. I, I don't want to, like shit on it. It's just, I don't know. It didn't really fit my expectations of it. Yeah. Which again, you know, marketing issues, but, um, I don't know. It had, it had some issues that I wish would have been addressed there. Like there were a couple shots of the helicopter when they were in the helicopter, like external shots that, you know, it was really dodgy CGI and like kind of took me out of the movie mm-hmm. for a minute but understandable uh the the last thing i want to bring up and this is the most unintentionally hilarious thing that's ever happened in a movie at least in my opinion when they're taking all of the money uh i forget what character says it to ben affleck's character but they say tell your girls they can stop studying daddy's going to buy their way into harvard i <laughs> i i about died of laughter uh, Lori Lachlan didn't like that joke. No, and uh, <laughs> it cost her her fuller house job. So there you go, Lori Lachlan. 
get fucked. Well, they got canceled anyway. Hell yeah, they're done after season five. Finally. Yeah. Just fucking hilarious. Like, that was the most unexpected thing, and it just happened, and I just went, this is weirdly topical. (laughs) Of course, these are all Hollywood actors, so maybe they knew something. Real Hollywood movie. All right, there are a couple of spoilers to get into this into with this movie, but uh, I want to talk about what our ratings are first. So, Caleb, what would you rate Triple Frontier? I'm going to give it probably just a solid three. It, it is well acted. There's There's some stuff here to enjoy, but if you're going to market a, a, an action blockbuster to me, I need some shit to happen in it to keep me engaged. Yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, I wound up giving this a three and a half. I, I like it a little bit more than you do, although I do have a lot of the same problems as you. I, As you heard with my whole uh, Ben Affleck's character's character motivations are, are just fine. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit more forgiving, but, you know, I... I think this is a solid it's, recommend. It's not. Th- I, I want to be clear. Like, it's not that I don't understand his motivations. I completely do. It's just that, like, it's a sudden shift. Like, I, I'm not saying like his character didn't earn like making that heel turn. Like the the it felt like the movie didn't earn that. Like, I feel like there's an in between step that got skipped. I, I sure. don't know. It's that's something that I'm always going to kind of hang on with it. So. Yeah, I I think everyone should go check out this movie. I think it is a good enough movie that uh, you'll you'll find something nice with it. Sure. I I liked that they all used their call signs. Like, you kind of have to learn two names for each character, but it's cool. Well, three names if you're me, where you call everyone by their actor name, their their character name, and then their call sign name. Right. <laughs> All right, so spoilers, really quick. Uh, there, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Ben Affleck got shot in the fucking face. Yeah. That was unexpected. Just out of fucking nowhere. You know, with this movie, I, I throughout it, I expected someone to turn on them, like actively, like not doing a Ben Affleck thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to sort of sabotage the group, but like, Someone to actively turn on them and, you know, they would be the enemy for the rest of the movie. So, like, when that didn't happen, I was very surprised. But I was also very surprised, like, considering that that didn't happen, that someone would still die anyway. And it to be Ben Affleck, of all people. I don't even know necessarily that his character was, like... Ben Affleck probably is the biggest name attached to this, but I don't even really consider him the main character, I guess. Like there were a couple that they developed pretty well. And like a lot of the early, like building up the, the drama is centered around him. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like Oscar Isaac is, is the, uh, like I would say him and Ben Affleck are the, the main guys pretty much. And and the rest of them are like, you know, the gang there to help out. But I mean, it's, you have Oscar Isaac, you have Ben Affleck. Those guys could run their own movies. I mean, Ben Affleck does run his own movies. Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron in fucking Star Wars, so everyone knows him. Yeah. Pedro Pascal was in Kingsman 2, and that's like the only mm-hmm. thing I've ever seen him in. Uh, Garrett Hedlund was in Mudbound, and I loved him in that. He was also in Tron Legacy. 
and that wasn't a wild. Neither of those were widely popular. Charlie Hunnam was in fucking Sons of Anarchy and Pacific Rim, and Nick hates his acting in both of those. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, those two are the guys you think of. I guess, like, uh, I might not really know how to articulate it, but I guess what I'm kind of getting at is like, I I should have expected him to be the one that they were going to put at risk based around what was happening. But, like, I didn't see it coming, so good job, movie. Yeah. And I think the final thing to really talk about is sequel? Because <laughs> the, uh, the, the final scene is Charlie Hunnam's character giving Oscar Isaac's character coordinates. Well, that's... Yeah, he just wrote down the coordinates, I'm guessing, of where they dropped the money. Yeah. So I so. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we get a sequel to this movie if it does well enough. I don't know. I don't I don't really think that that's like a full sequel, but I, I, I think know. it's a potential sequel. I think they left it up in the air. They don't have to go back and do a eh, sequel. I don't know. But they left they left something there for there to be a sequel to. Yeah, why not? At at the end of the movie there where they were all going their separate ways and they were like, "Well, what are you going to do now?" I I was like, well, I I would come back as a tourist and go hiking in the Andes Mountains where you dropped the fucking money. I don't know. I looked down <laughs> that pit, dude. That's like, that is a, that is quite a drop. That requires like a lot of rock climbing equipment to even get to. Yeah, they make rope. It's true. They do. Rope, rope does exist. Anything else you want to say about Triple Frontier? Nah, I'm pretty much tapped out. All right, so uh, that's our review of Triple Frontier. Uh, check it out if you want to. Don't if you don't. Uh, Netflix, decent job of marketing this one. I'm surprised at you. <laughs> and with that, we will cut into another break here for the live stream for The Cure. Uh, please check out the show notes for the link to their website. Uh, but we will be taking part in that again this year. But uh, after that promo will be our review of a dick pic of... Mi- this is a bad segue. Uh, minimalism is our dick pic. It's a documentary. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back. Dan, it's time to get into this week's dick pic. So, we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. If you're joining us for the first time, dick pics is a segment where we take a random dictionary word, run it through a Netflix search, and watch what pops out on the other end. This week our word was productive, 
and we watched Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. I'm glad you remember what the word was, because I did not. (laughs) I always screenshot them. I'm proud of you. So what did you think of Minimalism, a documentary about important things? So really what this this documentary should have been called is The Minimalists, a documentary about two white guys who talk about how you should live with the least amount of stuff possible. Because really, <laughs> it's about these two guys who call themselves The Minimalists. Like, they, they take up 50% of the documentary. Now, you're going to say, well, that isn't a significant amount of time. But the problem is, the other 50% of the time, it's 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 covered up by like 10 other people. So, like, why the fuck? Like, what... It's just a bad documentary. It's it's a really... I hated this thing. Like, I agree with the general message of the documentary. Live with the least amount of stuff you, you can. You know? Uh, I, I brought it up last week where I was like, oh, we definitely have a, a problem with clothing. Like, everyone has just too much clothing. And whenever you try to remove clothing, you know, no one needs additional clothing. clothing. So, like, it just gets thrown out and it, it doesn't com- decompose and it just causes problems. So I understand, and I'm good with the whole message of the goddamn movie. But every time they try to tell me about how how better, much better their life is, I'm just like, but, like, I don't care what you think. Like, you're, you just suck. You have no personality. <laughs> you just happen to exist. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I have way too much shit. I realize that, like, I've. It's not that like like I'm attached to earthly possessions, really. Like, I just have too much shit that I haven't used up enough to throw ju- to justify like just discarding it yet. Right. But I don't know. I'm a pretty simple guy. I work hard. I keep my truck clean, and I love my dogs. That's my life, and I'm very happy. But like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like after a point in this. It just became them repeating the same things over and over. It's like, imagine your life, but you're not as stressed out because you're not trying to buy more shit. And then they repeat that ad nauseum. And uh, it's tedious. Like, this is a a poorly made documentary. Like, I like the idea that they're getting at. Yes. It feels good. You know, like for the first little bit of it when they're talking about that. But then, like, you quickly realize that, like, oh, that's that's the whole thing. They're they're just talking about their lives and how they try to live with less stuff. And they don't really have, like, any other point that they're going to make. And they're still just talking about it now. <laughs> There was one person that they interviewed in this that it was really fucking weird. Uh, it was this woman. She got diagnosed with MS. <laughs> and her and her husband were really scared. But then she she got into the minimalism thing and like started getting rid of their stuff and simplifying their life. And like, I, I guess they both changed jobs and like moved out to the country and like started living the simple life or whatever. And she said that she hasn't had any problems with her MS 
since they like made this change in their lifestyle. And I was like, all right. That's fucking the, dangerous to say, man. I, I was like, all right, those things aren't related. Yeah, well, yeah, like it's this movie goes that far into like being just wantonly irresponsible. <laughs> uh, to me, a, a documentary fails when it's more about the people than it is about the message they're, that they're trying to convey. Like literally every three seconds, the, the, the fucking white guy do bros were on, on screen. It's like, hi, we're the minimalists. And it's like, okay, cool. You're promoting yourself. If you just yeah. wanted to make a documentary about yourself, go make a documentary about yourself. This is when we were on the today show talking to Hoda. Ah, yes. Hoda, the person everyone fucking listens to. Within the the first thirty seconds, I I got the point that like oh they're they're minimalist they they have less stuff than me, and then they never like they they never were like oh and this is how you get to that point. It, it, like it wasn't like Marie Kondo shows up and she's like hey you can get rid of things if they don't spark your joy. And, like, this is the actual process of stepping through that and, like, altering your lifestyle. It's just, like, we're we're two straight white men, and we're a lot happier than you. Don't you want to be like us? Yes. Yes, I would. Please, please tell me your secrets of being able to throw everything in the garbage. Yeah, and, and that really comes down to, to my final thought on this, is just watch Marie Kondo instead. Because at least yeah. she has a personality. These guys are about as generic as they come. And nothing illustrated that more to me than when Fuckman McGee decided that he wanted to read a passage from his own book in the middle of the, in the desert. In the middle of the fucking the desert. Yeah. He did a dramatic reading of his own fucking book standing in the desert. And, and somebody filmed it. Yeah. It is masturbatory. This is a this is a horrible documentary. Do not watch this documentary. Watch Marie Kondo instead. You will get as much, if not more, out of it with a better with having a better yeah. time. Do you wanna do you wanna get pissed off? Sh- sure. Do you do you wanna take a crack at what the rating of this is on IMDB? Uh I'm gonna say eight point two. Nah, lower than that. Seven. It's about 6. a seven. Nah, it's six point seven. About about. I would round Fine. up to seven. It, but I, I was reading through reviews on Letterboxd, and a lot of people were like, "Oh man, fucking white boys tell me how to live my life." And then other people were like, <laughs> "Man, this was really enlightening. I I am so glad I watched this documentary." So I'm like, "Yeah, sure. A middling review makes sense." Yeah. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I think IMDb reviews tend to be higher than I would expect. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's just like random. I think I'm just a pessimist. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of ratings, what would you rate Minimalism, a documentary about the important things? Eh, one and a half, maybe. Yeah. I, I wound up giving it a two, and I don't know why. Like, I don't like this documentary. I don't think it actually serves... Like, it serves sort of a purpose for, like, ten minutes, and then you you should move on. Because, like, the other, the other thing about this, and it's hilarious, like, did you notice that every person they interviewed was a founder of some movement towards minimalism? Every yeah. single one of them. And it's like, guys, 
You're not founding a new thing. Just stop. Like, yeah, it's, you're, you're not it's almost like it's almost like they're not spending their money on iPhones so they can afford to shamelessly self-promote. That was the other thing. It's like everyone, everyone on Letterboxd is like, it, it's a bunch of uh, white dudes telling me I can live without my stuff while talking on, like, while typing on fucking Mac, MacBooks. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, uh, this is a bad documentary. Don't watch it. Watch Marie Kondo instead. There you go, Netflix. We're promoting a show that you should be promoting. Because we spark joy, and you do not. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Maybe one day at a time just didn't spark their joy and they had to let it go. Fuck you, Netflix. Exactly. Fucking dumb idiots. Alright, so with that, let's uh, look up some words and put them into some search bars to find out what our dick pics are for next week. And uh, you can vote on the poll on our Facebook page. So uh, head on over there and uh, give us a follow or a like and you can vote and make us suffer or watch something good for once. Caleb, what uh, word did you come up with? If the, if this one is what gets voted as as our pick for this week, or maybe I'll just volunteer to do it and give you a week off. My word was extinct, and it brought up extinction. And I know you've seen it, and you'll likely kill yourself. If you have to watch it again. Oh no, I'll just I'll just bring up my review again and just read it verbatim. What's what's funny is uh my word was flawed. And that brought up the movie Io. Oh no. But that wasn't a movie I was going to watch again because fuck that. It is on my list. It is on the short list for worst Netflix original of the year. But instead, I have three options here. Really. And one of them I kind of want to. One of them I'm eventually going to watch, so I'm not going to pick that one. Uh, one of them is a Nicolas Cage movie, so I feel like that one is the one I should go with. But the final one is what I'm really going to go with, and it's The Notebook. Okay. So. What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? <laughs> ah, high school relationships. Yeah, trying to decide where to date. Or uh, where to eat, rather. So yeah, both of those movies will be uh, put in a poll on our Facebook page, like I said. So head on over there and vote for one of them. Okay. Well, until next week, why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Well, you can find us at netflixandswill.com. That's netflixandswill.com, spelled exactly like you see it in the episode artwork. There you can find reviews, links to the show, and uh, other things like our Patreon page or our merch store where you can buy a slick new t-shirt or you can uh, contribute to uh, our show and uh, get some sweet bonus content like uh, Nick, myself, and Caleb all talking stupid nonsense words about this this thing called Cautionary Tales of Swords. I, I listened to the first four minutes of that again and it's just total insanity. Yeah. No one ever said we knew what we were doing. It's correct. Uh, also, next week, we're going to be reviewing the Motley Crue biopic movie, The Dirt. I cannot wait. Or I can I? I can't wait to see Machine Gun Kelly's rap career die before my eyes.
Oh, wait, that has already happened. Thank you, Eminem. I want this to be the moment in time where he reinvents himself as a hair metal artist. We'll uh, we'll see how that pans out. Final thing uh, before we go is that we were on the IMDb Journey podcast. Uh, we did their Pod V Pod fifteen, and I and I goofed it real hard. Uh, you waned me. You you done waned me, <laughs> and I I don't know if I appreciate it. So uh, if you want to listen to that, you can find the link to that episode in the show notes. Uh, please listen to that and give the IMDb uh, a listen because they're a very good show. That ding dang Caleb's at it again. Yeah. So that that's it. All right. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.